Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Welcome beautiful souls to Ask Us Anything Highlights. So in her first question, Joanne was talking about headaches that she was getting during Facebook Lives and when she does spirit communication or connection. Then she wanted to know how she can prepare for these headaches, if there's anything she can do to help with it. Here's what Kim and I had to say. Joanne was wondering, let's bring this up a little bigger so I can read it. She says, I often find that when people are around me, or if I myself connect to spirit, even Facebook Live events, I often develop quite an intense headache for one to two hours following. Could you make any suggestions as to how I might prepare myself in advance for those exposures that might help prevent or improve the situation? I think it just goes back to, again, that grounding and setting the intention and just being aware that you are not going to pick up anybody else's energy. But also what I'm hearing too is that for you, Joanne, that headache, it, the way it's being uh, shown to me is that it is your own vibrations getting used to raising themselves up to connect with spirit. So when we connect with spirit, us as humans, we have to raise our vibrations and uh, spirit has to actually lower them to be able to have that really beautiful connection. So for you, Joanne, what I'm hearing is it's a lot of work and it is very exhausting to connect with spirit on such a high level. And you are very open and you're quite the channel is what I'm hearing. So to be able to, what I would suggest afterwards is, well, beforehand, do some protection, do some grounding, you know, definitely connect with Mother Earth, ground yourself a little bit more, do a little protection stating that you're not going to pick up any energy that isn't meant for you. So you can envision yourself in the bubble like we've talked about before. Again, whatever you feel works for you. But then afterwards, also make sure you have some kind of routine to kind of bring yourself down. Because you don't want it like what What's happening is you're again you're bringing your vibration down from working with spirit and so you want to be able to do that in a beautiful way so you could have a nice salt bath you could again go into meditation and ground you could sage yourself it's about what works for you but knowing that if you're going to go on to a live setting the intention and doing the grounding before and then coming out setting the intention releasing anything that doesn't serve you and just coming back to your own vibration is what I would recommend. What about you, yeah. Paula? And, and again, very similar. The grounding for me as a channel was was very, very important. As Kim said, I have to raise my vibrations up and they lower theirs and we kind of meet in the middle. 
So I know for me, when I first started channeling, and I've actually had this happen when I did group events too, which I'll come back to in a minute. But when I first started doing it as a channel, I'm bringing energies into me and as a medium as well. And my body also has to learn to hold that vibration. So I could only hold it when I first started for a certain period of time. And then I was exhausted. So over time and practice and continuing to do it, I was able to hold these frequencies and energies for longer periods of time. So when I first started too, I used to get headaches I used to feel lightheaded, just feeling really off, almost nauseous sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when I used to get it, it's like, oh, this is telling me I'm not in the state of being as grounded as what I need to be. And what I found when I used to do group work at times is I would have people that were sitting there because the intention is calling that energy in, the energy will come into that group. And I would have issues with individuals that were there that were actually getting headaches and having issues. So what I started to do is I would start those group sessions with just techniques with grounding and saying, hey, if this happens, this is what I want you to do. Ground, on the ground, ground. Become that conduit. Afterwards, I found, as strange as it sounds, food was one thing that helped me to come out of that trance and be able to let go. So part of the intention, again, I'm now releasing it. I'm now letting go. But I found food, as strange as that is, helped. I'm the same way. You know what? That's why some of us that do this work are usually a little bit heavier set for two reasons. One is we are comprised of mainly water and water is an energy conductor. So we tend to hold a little bit more weight when we do this work. And I'm not saying everybody, but I've kind of seen that generally because we have to hold the frequencies in our bodies, right? And then because coming out, we need that food to kind of bring us back. Sometimes we don't always eat the most appropriate things. <laughs> but when I first started, it was the sweets that I craved after. Chocolate are high energy high carbs and so i used to crave that afterwards one to bring me back but to boost my energy up finding the the correct thing right Mm -hmm. there are different ways to bring us back and kim you talked about having a sea salt bath i mean epsom salts it clears the auric field it clears your energy you know sage you know palo santo you know go out in nature but just be patient with yourself. If you find it too much, you can ask your guides too, saying, you know what, I'm finding this very overwhelming. Please mm-hmm. assist And mm-hmm. after, I can now release everything. It isn't mine. It's time to let it go. So we set the intention and literally let it go. In this question, Dawn says that she sometimes comes out of meditation with feelings of emptiness. And she wanted to know what is happening with this? What's going on? So here's what Kim and I had to say. Dawn says, I will sometimes come out of a meditation with feelings of emptiness. What is happening with this? That's actually an awesome question. I guess my question first to you is when you say emptiness, do you mean like sorrow emptiness? Or do Mm. you feel, or do you mean more like I feel clear, like I'm an empty vessel? I just want to clarify that first, because to me, there can be a difference between the two. If we're talking about that sense of just feeling empty like a vessel, that's exactly what we're doing. When you go into a meditative state, when you truly go into it, it's like nothing else exists within it. We release everything. So you feel that sense of of calm and peace and bliss within you. There is no thought. There is no emotion. You're just in the energy of love. You know, it's hard to put words to it, but you feel it in your body, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Kim. Um, I was going to say, when it comes to emptiness, I feel like, uh, to me, it's it's more of like a calmness. 
like it's like you said it's that release of everything and then and it's just it's a it's yeah there's a calmness about it more like peace so yeah i'm curious yeah if you want to add a little bit more about that she says an empty vessel like something is missing it's something that's missing that i'm like hmm I feel like that's the interpretation that you might be putting on it. Like, I don't know if you're going in with bigger expectations of what is going to come out, but like something is missing. To me, I would be like, okay, if I feel like something is missing, then I'm either going to journal about it. I'm going to go back into meditation and be like, what am I missing? What do I need to know? But I keep hearing that there's an expectation almost that you're putting on the meditation itself and here's also what I'm hearing as well is that that's okay because when you sit in that feeling of something's missing to me that is an opportunity to learn more to get inquisitive and be like okay what is this like and again we're going back to what do I what do I need to do to be able to to find out what is missing do I need to go into meditation more do I need to journal more do I need to ask ask more questions and find out what where are you being guided to what is your because that missing thing means that you're got you're being guided to something but you're not necessarily grasping it so it's like ooh okay something's missing I need more and really just taking that time to be like guide me like use your spiritual team people like they are my best friends and they're yours Paula's too right like I call them like they're like Google whatever you want to know they are there to help you with so if something's missing it's it's it is asking those questions of what is missing where do I need to be guided and then using the tool whether it's meditation journaling walking you know there's so many different ways to connect with spirit to be guided to what you need and, and I agree so much, Kim. I'm sorry, my voice is shifting here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's very much about if I recognize that I'm in a feeling in this place of emptiness, or I feel like there's something that I'm missing, and there's something I need to find, but I don't know what it is. I will do the same as you, Kim, going, okay, I, I know I'm feeling this. Please direct me. Please assist me. You know, And I'm going to pay attention over the next little while to see what's coming forward. So I've set the attention. I've set the energy. I've put out to the universe to say, I need to know more about this. And then my job is to take the time to pay attention and be aware of what is coming back into, you know, my horizon, my peripheral vision, all the vision and pay attention and act on it. So don't be afraid, Mm -hmm. as Kim says, to ask. We all have guides. We all have angels, whatever belief system you want to look at, call on them. They are not always allowed to interfere unless they are asked. So we have to invite them in to help us. Mm -hmm. I'm also hearing, I'm also hearing too, don't put expectations on it. Don't put judgment on it. Just sit with it. Because again, maybe you aren't meant to have all the answers in that moment. The fact that you are feeling like an empty vessel, maybe you just cleared out some really big shit and you're just sitting in this moment of like clarity, of peace, of feeling that emptiness of, you know, that's that energy, that space has that has been cleared out. And then you can be like, now I'm ready to bring in what's going to serve me, what's going to feel good. So I, w- I hope you're not putting any judgment on it because no matter what comes forward? No, everything is perfect. It is perfection. It is happening exactly how it's meant to unfold and trust the process because the fact that you're feeling like an empty vessel, the, well, first of all, the fact that you're meditating, 
love that. <laughs> like thumbs up for you. But the fact that you are able to acknowledge this feeling is is a really like I'm just seeing like stars going pew pew pew. Congratulations! Like this is this is good. And now that fact that you're missing something means you're ready to move into the next step. So just, I would go into meditation being like, show me what I need to be shown and allow, allow your spiritual team to work with you. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up too, Kim, because I I meant to say it and I forgot, but recognize that during that timeframe, you may be released of things. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't surprise me, you know, especially if we've been maybe hanging on to something that you may feel that sense of something missing because we've had the assistance in letting it go. In this question, Kayla wanted to know whether we thought tools that help to connect you to spirits, whether they actually work. And here's what Kim and I had to say. Kayla's asking again, do you think using tools like pendulums to connect to spirit actually work? I'm learning tarot, but hesitate on pendulums. So you've heard me say before, like I was taught that modalities are like, but the more I do this work, the more I love modalities, because here's the thing. No matter what you use, you're still connecting to spirit. You're still connecting to that higher power. And part of that process is really learning trust. And if using tarot cards, using gems, using a pendulum is a tool that helps you earn that trust, then a thousand percent I would do it because it is still spirit. I know how many times have you pulled a card and it's like, oh, that's what I needed to hear today. You're right. You've seen, I'm sure you've seen me do lives. You've seen Paula do lives. Uh, Like I use cards on mine just to help move things along sometimes. And it is, the card is always, always accurate. So whether you're using a pendulum, you're using cards, you're using, you know, again, it's like whatever you're using, there's nothing wrong with it. I I do not believe there's anything wrong with it. You need to trust what you're drawn to. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I've said this to Kim, I started channeling guides using boards, using Ouija boards, which really freaked Mm -hmm. people out because, oh, they're bad. They're negative. These are all tools. What I will say is for me, I'll use pendulums when I do healing work, when I do Reiki to help clear chakras and things like that. For me personally, now I won't use them as a mode of communication per se, but that's also because I've learned to direct energy. And so whether it's using what I call a dousing rod or a pendulum, I can manipulate that pendulum to move according to what I want it to move. So I could sit here, I do it with the rods all the time, right? Making it move forward and back, just using my thought and energy. So for me, I won't use it for like yes, no, or connection personally, because I know that because I can manipulate it with energy, am I hearing what I'm supposed to hear? Or am I hearing what I want to hear? So maybe there's a deeper part of myself that wants this answer. I can unconsciously, I guess you can say, make it give me the answer that I want. So for me, I don't use that as a tool for connection. But you know what? I've taught clients how to use rods, which is the same as a pendulum. You know, if it goes this way, it's a yes. If it goes this way, it's a no, which is what you use a pendulum. So I would go into neutral place and and you can ask questions to spirit. But if you're using your pendulum, ask it first. Show me yes. Show me no, because it might be different. And it also has to be a pendulum that you resonate with. I can pick up a pendulum and it won't do anything. It'll just do what I call this little wibble wobble. It does exactly the same thing, right? But if it's something that's mine, I'll just put my palm underneath and I'll hold it and it'll 
it'll move like crazy. Something that came forward too is with all these modalities, they are there. We were talking earlier, Paul and I, about, you know, the training wheels on a bike and how they're used to help you get started. And, and this is it. The modalities are things to help you get started and really build that trust. So again, if that's what you, you feel drawn to and it starts to build that confidence, build that connection, and you're taking the time to actually do and connect with spirit and re- ask the questions and receive the answers, you're on the right track for sure. Dana says, I use the pendulum to confirm what I think I'm finding when doing energy work. Helps me learn to trust what my gut is saying and usually agrees with me. And that's it. It is a tool that can be used to help build trust. And that is probably the most important thing that you need when you're connecting with spirit to that higher power is having that trust. Again, so the modalities like uh, pendulums are great. And then like, like you said too, Paula, it's at the beginning of your session, show me yes, show me no, so that you are absolutely clear as to what's being articulated to you through through the pendulum. Yeah. And you know, when you're starting out, it's great to have a secondary tool to validate what you're getting because it boosts that part of yourself that's going, yes, I'm getting it right. It's validation. So don't be afraid to try a few different tools, mm-hmm. right? And usually, well, I shouldn't say usually, but pretty much all the time, it'll, it'll give you the same message through the multiple mm-hmm. sources of divination. Vicky came up with a great question. She wanted to know how we keep our belief and the faith consistent when one minute we're not sure if it's real and the next second, maybe we do believe. Here's what Kim and I had to say. This is a good question from Vicky. She says, how do you keep your belief faith consistent? She says, I cycle through thinking it's all BS and there is no such thing as spirit source, God. And then I believe that there is uh, something to it. So she kind of goes back and forth to believing in spirit and God, and then goes to the fact that it's total BS. I'd like to know anyone who hasn't gone through that. Mm. <laughs> Truth be known. You know, I know for myself, when I first started coming into my gifts, and I came from what I call a very logical mind. So for me, I always needed, I need to know how good I am. I need to know this. I need to know that. And I would always overanalyze everything. And for me, it truly, truly began my beliefs when I started doing my inner work. When I started looking at what they were, you know, from the work we've been doing, Kim, the coaching and the spiritual practitioners, stuff that we've been studying for the past two years, it really came down to me looking at myself and who I am as a person, letting go of the trauma and the bullshit that I've carried for so many years. But also I used to read and I used to research and, you know, practice. So, you know, I'd love to say that this is definitively everything that it is, but again, it's a relative truth. What works for you? I had to go, you know what? I need my, I need my truth. I need my proof. When I started working with guides in the board, I'd write it down. Okay. Is it real? Is it my imagination? And I finally came to a point where the guides would go, just believe they would, they stop me from trying to analyze it all the time. So I always come back to the heart and say, how does it feel? I don't care if you call it God, like I said, Buddha, whatever. I use the term source. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there is something else there. Do I profess to know exactly what it is? I know what I've been taught, what I believe now, but it comes from that sense of peace within that says, this is truth for me, right? I think it is tough. But what I think it is, is I think it is the disconnect 
from truth and truth being that we are spirit, God, source, Buddha, again, whatever you want to call it, we are that. And when we doubt it, that is us disconnecting from that power, that source. And the way we kind of come back into alignment with it is remembering that we are this divine spiritual being, right? That is us. And it, it again, it is it is a daily spiritual practice because here's the thing. We are human. We have, we have, uh, you can call it programs, engrams, you can call it, you know, limiting beliefs, you can call it whatever you choose to call it. But those beliefs, those lies, like is what we like to call it, because they're not true, they are the disconnect from the divine. Those beliefs are making you feel like it's BS, is making you feel like you're not good enough, is making you feel like you can't do this because it's taking away from your truth. So what Paula and I have learned to do in the last two years, and Paula Moore, because she's, you know, has so many accreditations with her, is we've learned to really understand the soul, understand spirit and how we as a soul here having a human experience and what exactly spirit is. I sorry, I call God spirit. That's how I work. Spirit is we are still one and it is about our human experience is to experience that disconnect, but have the wisdom and knowing that we can easily come back into that truth to that oneness with the divine through our spiritual practice, whether it is, you know, meditation, whether it's, you know, pulling a card, using a pendulum, it is about the intent every day to bring yourself into your truest version of yourself, which is spirit, which means you are all capable, you are almighty, you are all knowing, you know, like Paul and I were joking, we're going to put ourselves out of work because we want to teach people how to go within so they don't need us mediums anymore you know but that is it it's about coming back to the divine truth that you have this universal wisdom within you and when we feel disconnected from it that is our human experience and knowing that that's what it is again not judging it not making it wrong but being able to come back it's by saying i see you but it's not true and I'm going to come back into alignment. And that's why we love, this is why we love this work. This is why we love our spiritual prayers. We love our spiritual practices. We, we love all of it. I guess you can look at it too. Don't look at it as, you know, don't judge yourself. What's wrong with me because I'm experiencing this. Celebrate it because that's Mm -hmm. the deeper part of yourself. That's saying, you know what, you you're on a journey here. You're really Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who you really are. I mean, this is why we've started this. I am divine. Because it's so important that we recognize we are divine, we are perfect, we are spirit, we are, you know, God having a human experience. So celebrate it because it's going to take you down a journey that says, who am I really, right? And if we don't have that, I don't think we do the searching, right? So it's an important part of the process. You know, from a science of mind, um, new thought perspective, we refer to sin as the, you know, the inversion of the laws. It's putting our energy in the creation of that negativity, of that fear, of that worry. It's so important that, oh, I recognize maybe I'm confused about this, but you know what? I can use, as Kim said, our daily spiritual practices. What am I going to do to help me to feel and understand who I really am. And it might be thinking, and it might be meditation, it might be going for a walk. What is that thing? And when we do it every day, we begin to stay in that energy and stay in that knowledge in the remembrance of the divinity of who we really are. 
And I think what's coming forward is that it is really learning what that means. Because I know when I first started in hearing like we are spirit, we are God, it was like, oh, instant rejection. I was like, no, I can't. I, I hate that word God. Like I just everything was like, ooh, it just didn't feel right because it just didn't resonate with me because I had so much resistance to it. And I didn't understand what it meant to be, to be spirit, to be divine, to be in that energy. I didn't understand it. And again, this is why Paula and I created this group is so that we can teach you. You're all here because you all want to know what it means to be divine. Like we know we have this feeling, we, we are being guided to this. And that's what we're here to show you is you are this divine being. And over, you know, I'm hoping years and years and years, we're going to show you how divine you are and explain to you how when you are able to step back into that truth of who you are, I'm getting goosebumps all over me. When you're able to step back into that truth of who you are, there is power in that. There is creation in that. And you are that driving force because you have the power of the universe supporting you. And all you have to do is say, yes, I am worthy, I am ready, and this is what I want. And it's like, buckle up, baby, because you're flying by, because that is how it feels when you are in alignment with your true self as spirit. It is fucking powerful. When you're in the flow, you're in the flow. Oh, yeah. And it feels good. (laughs) This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for joining us for highlights from our Ask Us Anything We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of I'm Divine. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please rate our podcast and be sure to come back next week where we are going to have a discussion around spiritual coaching. What is it? What are the benefits? So until then, for Kim and Paula, don't forget that you are a powerful I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.